Um, and I said, Hey, you know, I'd love to catch up. And we caught up like a week later on a call and I was like, Hey dude, I, I'd love to sponsor you. And at the time that was like, you know, very new to it. Uh, obviously super able and had a ton of potential and, you know, but I don't know sort of what his mindset even was at that point. I think he was just kind of looking at it like, Hey, I'm staying fit. I'm pretty good at this. Maybe I can win a couple local competitions and make a few bucks. And I was like, Hey, I'd love to sponsor you. And he was like, well, let's do it. You know, and um, that's how my, you know, really my career today started. You know, I met Matt and, um, you know, Matt became, if nothing else, a very close friend very quickly. And, and um, I had a lot of passion for him as a person. Hi, my name is Scott Schweitzer and I am the Clydesdale CrossFitter. My friends, Amy Radowski, Charlie Odie and I, we love the sport of CrossFit. We are 40 plus masters athletes who just love to watch the sport and want to let you know what's going on all the way from the open to the sanctionals to the CrossFit games. We also want to give you interviews with athletes, human interest stories, and things that will help you in your daily grind uh, as a CrossFit athlete. We also want to share our own struggles through our workouts, our nutrition plans, all the way to getting healthy and fit uh, for our family and friends. If you like what you hear, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and please consider giving us a five-star rating. And now off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends. Hey everyone, welcome to the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends. We are Sam's one friend again, uh, and it is just Amy and I again. Just Amy. Yeah, that's your name now. Just Amy. Just Amy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And guess what? What? It's Wadapalooza week. It is. And man, that lineup down there this week is unreal. It's going to be fire. You know, we have Sarah and Tia going head to head. I know people are jazzed about that. Vellner, um, Saxon Pancheck trying to get his bid to the games. Um, yeah, we Noah got- Olson. Second fittest man in the world just happened to be there, too. Um, Well, it is his hometown. It is. Yeah. Uh, But it is unreal. Um, And so what we're going to do this week is we're going to change up our format just a little bit, is we are so honored that we have the president of Loudon Live Sports, Matt O'Keefe. The chief. The chief, Keefe. Uh, He actually agreed to do an interview with us. Um, from Miami as they were setting up Wadapalooza. And so we're going to flip over to that interview right now so that you can kind of get a little feel of that summer heat in Miami uh, getting ready for Wadapalooza. And uh, when we're done with that, we'll come back and uh, chat with you a little bit more. Enjoy the interview. Hey, Matt, how you doing? I'm doing well, Scott. Thank you. How, How are you? Uh, we're doing great. We're so honored that you, uh, in this busy week, right before Wadapalooza, you're taking some time out for us. Ah, uh, you know what? Thanks for having me anytime. Uh, it is a crazy week, uh, exciting week, but uh, always have time to to catch up about all the great stuff that's going on. So, Matt, you're you're the president of Loudon Live Sports. I am. Yes. Um, yep, that's my title. Uh, you know, we're a sports marketing agency out of uh, Miami, Florida. And you guys um, have recently in the last year bought or taken over running several sanctionals, correct? Uh, The West Coast Classic, Granite Games, Madrid, and uh, the Mayan? Yes. You know, just a little on that is we we have bought Granite Games. Uh, The other other three events are essentially new. Um, So West Coast Classic, you know, is a – sort of re-launch uh, of, you know, uh, an old idea at that venue and in that location, the regional. But um, West Coast Classic, Mayan CrossFit Classic in Mexico, and Madrid CrossFit Championship are uh, three brand-new events that we'll be launching this year. So I uh, I actually just saw the Buttery Bros this week. Uh, they kind of previewed Madrid. That looks like an amazing venue. you got to be excited about that. It is. You know, um funny enough i spent i've spent quite a bit of time in the market the last year getting ready and um i hadn't seen that yet i i did you know about two three months prior uh run around madrid you know trying to figure out venues 
Um, you know, we had looked at the former venue they used for regionals and the Invitational, and um, you know, we wanted something a little more central and uh, with a little more opportunity to do, you know, different things. Uh, and uh, that venue was like a home run. The, the the team had found it, and that was my first chance to see it physically. But I had seen a bunch of photos. But we're gonna get to swim and be outside, and there's a park across the street we could do some fun stuff with, and. Uh, you know, that track inside that will be around is an opportunity. It's, uh, I'm really excited. You know, it's a really cool new state of the art, you know, track and field center. So, uh, it should be exciting. Oh, and speaking of buttery bros, are they the ones that, that defined you chief O'Keefe? <laughs> Funny. We were, yes, is the quick answer. They've been calling me that, um, prior to buddy, buttery bros. You know, I mean, my relationship goes back to, with them, you know, for years, obviously them being filmmakers and producers at CrossFit HQ, they'd always kind of like that whole like chief thing when, you know, like where they, you know, almost sing chief, uh, that had like started years prior. Um, so, you know, all of a sudden they had a platform now and I, I was so fun when we talked, we did the podcast with them and I was like, you know, I don't think I've ever, you know, I feel like, you know, I've been around with a lot of athletes travel the world and, you know, I've just I've never uh, in this space particularly been recognized for more than them calling me chief. Like I'll be in airports <laughs> in like random cities and somebody will be like, chief. <laughs> so it's pretty funny. Um, yeah, those guys, they're great friends. We've had a ton of fun. So, uh, yeah, that but that is a uh, that is a that is a born uh, Heber and I'll say Heber and Marston thing uh, prior to Buttery Bros. But it came to life through that. It, you know, it's a pretty cool nickname. So, you know, I'd, I'd have to do that. <laughs> so, um, speaking of the Buttery Bros, I actually watched your um, podcast with them, with Matt um, co-hosting. I got to tell you, that's one of the best podcasts I've I've seen, heard uh, in the last several years. Uh, the information you got out of them was so inspiring and hilarious at the same time. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, you know, those guys have, a, you know, they've, they've run hard, you know, they've worked their butt off. Um, I'm really proud of them. Cause I, you know, I got to really see deeply where they were at a year ago and it was not good, you know, and because, and understandably not good. They just been let go. And like, they're like, Oh wow. Like my, you know, I put my, it's interesting. People don't realize, I think outside we do inside that these are more than jobs generally, you know, um, uh, you know, like my, you know, I don't feel like I work an hour a day, you know, it's like all passion and, and, you know, love for people and things that we do. And I do, it's the same for them. Like, you know, CrossFit HQ is a job. Yeah. They get paid for it, but like, man, they wore that on their sleeve. And so when they were let go, it was like, you know, they were hurt, you know, not like, you know, angry, but hurt, like, you know, wow, well now what am I going to do? And to see them, today you know what they're doing and you know the success they've had and what the future looks like it's really cool and i i um i think you know with our podcast i think we really want to tell a lot of those business stories you know those personal stories in this space um you know wh whether it is you know the failures to success uh which i think is a really cool platform but just you know there's a lot of cool stories in this space and a lot of people work their their ass off um, and I really want to get that stuff out. And there's certainly a beautiful story about that. Yeah. We started this podcast November 1st. And when I heard a Heber talk about, I want to put my 14 hour days to me and you know, nobody can, it's, it's my work and my effort. And, and that just inspired me to like work even harder at what I'm doing. So thank you for putting that out. No, you're welcome. Yeah. I think it's, um, I just know, like, you know, whether it's true or not, what I believe is, is nobody's going to outwork me. And, and, you know, I know Heber and Marston believe that about themselves. And, um, you know, I'm willing to work 24 hours a day if I have to to get it done, uh, as is everybody on our team. Um, so, you know, when you go to the, when you go to the, the line and, and it's about, you know, and it's go time, you know, whether it's an event or anything we're doing with an athlete, you know, um, if we just know that we'll outwork everybody else, I think that solves a lot of problems. And uh, I like, you know, talking to, working with, and being around people that are that are uh, wired like that. And, you know, that's how our team's wired, and that's how Heber and Marston are. And it's it's uh, it's fun to be able to help them tell that story a little. I guess I didn't really even think uh, how little they've actually spoken, not 
through buttery bros you know it's been fun and games and nobody's really sat down with them and been like yo how, how did this whole thing play out and because uh, of the response to that has been crazy yeah i can imagine so it would be irresponsible of me not to ask you how Wadapalooza is going since we're 10 days out, maybe less. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what the count is at this point. It's just sleep, wake up and work. Um, it's uh, I'm looking out uh, my hotel room window right now at it. and It's taken shape already. Um, it's going great. You know, it's amazing to watch, um, our, you know, our teamwork really like, you know, we've, worked all year uh for this massive event and we you know we feel such a higher sense of responsibility to there's you know tens of thousands of people that are about to board planes and come down here and, uh, but it's just so cool to see how much work our teams put in and then see them execute because i mean they're truly the best in the business and uh it's um it's going to be an awesome year i got I, I, anybody that's coming that might hear this uh, maybe prior or after depending on when it comes out but i'll tell you that it's um it's going to be a pretty special year you know um the the you know the team uh has put a lot of hard work and made some great upgrade changes and uh we're ready for uh we're ready for the for the big weekend uh it's going to be spectacular well i know watching from afar last year it looked like you were almost outgrowing the venue did have you moved the venue uh this year <laughs> Good. Good question. Yeah, uh, no, uh, we're still in Bayfront, but we've made some changes um, to improve um, and add seating and add areas that people can watch. Um, we've added a stage, actually, which is, I think, what will help the most. Um, we're going four stages this year. Last year, we ran three. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's definitely room to grow within this park. Um, it's a really good question um, and observant. I, I think, you know, that was the big question last year was like, hmm, do we move? How do you move? You know, it's such an, a, a big piece of the fabric of, of a lot of Palooza, which is, you know, this thing was born here nine years ago. 150 people worked out in this park. Um, so we're going to work really hard to continue to be here uh, for the future. And there's opportunities to grow here. There's some space around the area. Who knows what, what shape this takes? There's another park down the road you know as this thing grows maybe this this uh this um, festival is spread through the city but you know for now we're in good shape is the direct answer we've um added areas for, for more spectators uh there's more seating you'll see flagler uh has almost doubled in size from a seating perspective uh, we've added seating on bayside um you know obviously we've got some real estate issues to, so it's getting tight but uh you'll see a, a big improvement this year Cool. So I also know I saw that you guys signed with uh, Flow Elite for all of the the sanctionals that you're over. Yes, we uh, did absolutely. So, so they, they do an awesome job with the live stream, and so everybody's going to get to see all five of the sanctionals through Flow Elite, uh, which is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, we're excited about that partnership. I'll tell you, you know, and we, listen, I'll, I'll bring up the elephant in the room. There's a, there's a paywall, right? And, and we've taken some heat for that, and I'll say that. You know, two things like, you know, these things are tough. You know, they're expensive to run. We want to find quality people to do it. Flow Elite has uh, offered an opportunity and, and partnered with us on something really cool and stepped outside the box this year. And they're going to offer live look-ins, uh, which is I cannot tell, the, you know, the, the people out there that are going to subscribe and watch this, how big a step that is for Flow Elite and, and you know, recognizing that, you know, they should do things like this for the community and for these events so that people do get to see how good their, their production is. Right. So they're, um, you know, daily going to give opportunities to people to not pay and watch. Um, so that's a big step this year. And I, I don't think that's been properly articulated to the market. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've partnered with flow since the, the beginning of this event, really um, when it was first, you know, warranted broadcasting and uh, they've been a part of it. And we're excited to work with them again this year. Um, they're, uh, they're going to up their game. And that was a big part of our conversation in partnering with them. And, um, you know, we're very confident that they will, uh, that, you know, from, you know, the quality of the broadcast, the graphics uh, to the people that are on. So, uh, you know, we're going to have a lot of fun with it. Like we have a lot of um, influence coming to, to Waterpalooza every year. You know, if people aren't competing, uh, which is, is something we're super proud of, you know, our community of athletes that we represent um, and people that, you know, we are friends with are all coming down. Like Matt's coming, 
Uh, Mel Friesen, Catherine David's daughter, Annie Thor's daughter, first time was coming to Waterpalooza this year, not to compete, but she's going to come and hang out. Brad Fikowski's coming. Uh, so there'll be people here that will throw on the broadcast. Christine Shaw's going to hop on and do some commentary. So we're going to add a lot of value to that. And I think, you know, if people are wondering if they should tune in, they should. It's going to be really, really, really a good show. So I, I subscribed last year um, to be able to watch it. They do a really good job. I do have to say that. And in, in a time where uh, it's just been announced that three of the sanctionals are not even live streaming, um, at least we get to watch the sport we love. I mean, that's Charlie and I love the sport. We we text back and forth all weekend uh, during all these events. And so uh, I'm just glad we get to watch. And it's going to be a good quality, quality watch. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I think that that's, that's the point. I think we all have to find a way to provide it, you know, and it flows willing to do that with events. And I think, um, you know, I think, you know, the, the I understand the, the moving pieces and how hard it is. And, you know, you know, there are events that are deciding not to do it. I really wish they would do it with flow um, in those scenarios. Cause I know flow would invest. And, um, you know, I think there's some perception from, some people, uh, you know, on our side of the business that, you know, you're, you know, I'm not going to ask people to pay for it. Um, I, I don't, you know, I respect that, you know, from their perspective, but I don't believe that. Like, I think that, you know, my responsibility as a operator here is, you know, with our team to, is, to, is to provide it, you know, and if, you know, if people are upset or don't want to pay for it, I, I understand that. But, you know, I think if you could really see behind the curtain what goes into that, you know, the, 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 there, there's quality there that's worth investing in. We're doing a really good job of making sure there's going to be some free access to it. But I think that, the, you know, from my perspective, the irresponsibility would be not to do it. You know, and if, if the answer is don't do it because there's a paywall or do it, I think you need to do it. You know, that's just how I content um, here. You know, we need to provide it to the, to the globe because the globe wants to watch it. And so the last thing I'm going to bring up with Wadapalooza is, man, you, you guys have a stable of athletes competing uh, that rivals any other sanctional. I know last year, you know, everybody raved about the, the, the Rogue lineup, but man, what you guys have going on is just about as good as Rogue. You know, yeah, have, thank you. Oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, Sarah, Tia, uh, Daniel Brandon, Brooke Wells, Danny Spiegel, Carrie Pierce, just to name a few on the women's side. Patrick Vellner, Noah Olson, Saxon Pancheck, Travis Williams, Alex Smith. And then you've got the Mayhem team coming down to, to tune up. Ben Smith is coming. Ben uh, Smith. Yeah. Yeah, you give me chills when you say it because I think it's, um, you know, we're so proud of that because, you know, I'll tell you, the athletes are really important to us as a, as a business, as an agency, you know, as you know, as a community and, um it's essentially who, you know, what I what I initially was doing in the market was, you know, representing and caring for athletes. And, you know, that's expanded. And, um, you know, even though that's expanded and now, you know, there's events a part of our portfolio and working with brands, you know, the foundation of our business is that it's athletes, athlete first. And, and we want to provide platforms for them to earn and to project their brands and interact with the community. And, um the fact that there are, you know, there's a lot of people you're naming there that we don't directly have anything to do with on the agency side that are coming. And, and it, it, it's something I'm super proud of because that means that, you know, those guys are trusting us to be safe, put on a good competition. And it's an awesome opportunity for them to come down, make some money and do a really good job getting to be in front of the community. I think that um, that kind of speaks to what you were talking about earlier with, you know, doing something you're passionate about. And I think that comes across and, you know, that's how you, these people, these athletes come to, to these events because they know that you guys are, are putting everything you have in it. And it's, uh, you know, it's something you're just throwing together and doing some crazy movements and other things. It's, you know, it's to the heart of, of what we are as a community and, and see you, your group as, you know, kind of a family and, and everything like that. So I think it's great. Yeah, we have to work together, right? You know, and they know that the athletes have that mindset. I think it's, you know, we're still in a major, major growth period, right? We've got to keep plugging, working together, um, you know, so that we can grow. And, you know, you saw we, we bumped the prize money $100,000 this year because it warranted it. And we want to give back. That's a forward investment on our side. Right. You know, trust me, you know, I look at the back end of it and we're just continuing to, you know, 
take the the opportunity to push that side of it so that they you know know annually this is a place they want to be they can earn um it's trusted you know they're going to be safe um they're going to be able to put on a show and interact with the community i mean listen in the end it's about them right you know this isn't about us um this isn't about anything else like those guys i want them to feel safe and, and trust the environment and have opportunities to earn um that's who we are that's who we'll always be um no matter where this goes how big it gets it's about the athlete and uh you know we're excited that they see that and want to be here for it um and we will never take that for granted we'll continue to charge forward to make sure that those guys you know know that that's how we feel and prove that through the platforms that we build so with that you know for the other events that you guys are going to be holding are you going to have similar formats and everything kind of the same in terms of how that goes off yeah it's a really good question you know we're really intent on um being a a platform for um you know people to feel like a professional athlete right so Mm -hmm. it's two-sided you know when i say athlete it's about them it's about the community athlete as well guys like us right you know i want um and this is you know the this is at the core of the ethos of Wadapalooza is, you know, everybody can participate. Um, you know, unfortunately through space, we can't accept everybody that wants to be here, uh, but there'll be 2,700 athletes this year that compete on the floor at Waza. Um, and all our platforms will take some shape like that, you know, some format, you know, they'll all be mass participation. <clears throat> um, you know, we're, you know, our goal is to try to be a thousand plus athletes at every event this year. Some will be 2,000, some will be 1,000. Um, you know, when you talk about California, um, you know, that'll probably be 1,000 to 1,300 athletes competing on the floor, you know, 500 volunteers. It's a big event. Um, we, you know, we want to really um, continue to use that model moving forward so that people in this community, because I think, you know, and you guys know, you've been a part of it, um, I think people do want a, <clears throat> an opportunity to not only watch these guys compete, but then go, you know, it's kind of what we do with the games. It's like, you know, you see a games workout or a regional workout in the past and you go home back to the gym and say, I want to feel what this is like. I'm going to do it. You know, now you have the opportunity to do it alongside them. I'm actually, you know, it's funny. I'll t- you guys, I'll, I'll give you guys um, something really cool that um, you guys would be the first to be able to put out is that from California's perspective, we're going to do something really cool there that I think speaks to history. Um we're going to program that event as purely all past historic workouts. So it's going to be regionals and games workouts uh, only that, that are uh, repurposed for that event. So, you know, what, you know, from the start, you know, from the first games and regionals and sectionals, we're going to do choose from that allotment of workouts and, you know, put our own, you know, collection together. But that uh, will be an opportunity for people to compete on a historic stage with historic workouts, um, whether it's an elite or our everyday athlete. That's, that's awesome. I I know I've heard so many athletes so excited to be able to go back to Del Mar, um, and be able to compete again since regionals have gone away. And that, that venue hasn't been used since, uh, people were ecstatic to be able to get back there and to to add that element is incredible. Yeah, we are too. Uh, I think that, um, I know, you know, it's like, you know, I'm excited about all of them in their, in their own way. Like, you know, we, you know, to talk about some of the others as well, but that one, um, you know, that's a community that deserves a really first class event. Um, you know, it's, um, it's the home really in the end and, and it's where it all started. And, uh, you know, we're seeing already from the response that people are starving, you know, for an opportunity to not only get on the stage, but to come see these guys perform. Uh, so that's going to be a really exciting event. Uh, we're, we're pumped. You know, we it's quick, right? We're, we're, we're finishing here. We're going to, you know, recover, lick our wounds a little, get ready, and start moving in like 10 days after this event. So it's um, it, it'll be here before we know it. Wow. That's that's crazy. But it's a good thing. you It's your passion because you have you have to put in a lot of time. I have one question about, one, about the Granite Games as well. Uh, that I just heard uh, within the last week is that you guys are moving that venue to the the Minnesota Vikings facilities. Yeah, we've put it out, and I think it's understated. Um, you know, somebody from our team, Dylan Malitsky, had brought up. You know, and you know, tried to you know relate t- to even me on it. He's like, "Hey, you're a Pats fan. Like, 
Can you imagine being able to compete at the Patriots facility for a weekend? And it's like, ah, oh, you know what? It's funny. I always thought it was cool, but then it became really cool, you know, especially for people in that market. That's a brand new state-of-the-art NFL training facility. Um, and I've got to spend some time there. It is going to be unbelievable. Like, you're going to be on the field. The NFL players are on, practicing every day. Um, and, you know, the facilities around it are phenomenal, I, you know. You're seeing a lot of this in the NFL market. A lot of teams are building practice facilities with retail around it. Like that's sort of what's forming over there. In years to come, there'll be a hotel right there across that you can walk to. Um, and it's in Minneapolis. Like, you know, that event's amazing. I've spent a lot of time at Granite Games as a, a vendor, a fan, uh, with athletes. I love that event. You know, John Swanson and his team have done a phenomenal job with that event. And it was in a small town, which had a nice feel for it. Um, it was it was uh, sad to leave St. Cloud uh, in a lot of ways because it's really been a big part of the event. But it's a, something we feel uh, a responsibility to, to everybody to do because more people want access to it. And I think we've, we've certainly capped, you know, continuing to operate in St. Cloud. So it's easier. You can fly in and be at the venue in like literally 15 minutes. Uh, there's a lot of hotels around. You have access to that awesome city. Um, if people haven't been to Minneapolis, you need to go. Um, it is a phenomenal city. It's, you know, I got a chance to spend a lot of time there in, in college. I had a roommate from Minneapolis. Uh, it's a very understated, you know, U.S. city that, that you know, people need to experience. So I, uh, I think that's going to be a phenomenal event and people who come are going to have a really good experience, not only getting to be on the NFL type field um and experience it that way but experience the city more um because of the move yeah i've actually done business there a few times uh it's a beautiful city especially in the summer <laughs> or close to summer it, um, it is one of the one of the great outdoor cities in, in america i i've I, again i've spent a lot of time in there in, in the summer people are out biking running uh, there's obviously a lot of lakes everywhere. Um, it's um, the, the downtown area is clean and pure. Uh, the Twins will be playing. I'm sure there'll be games going on. Uh, there's just a lot of cool opportunity to do a lot of different things there. Uh, I'm excited for people to get to see it. Yeah, that's actually one of the sanctionals I have on my list that I'm going to try to get to this year. Uh, so hopefully we'll see you there. So Great. I have well, a couple questions about your your entry into CrossFit. So did you, did you do CrossFit before you managed people or? I, I did. I did. Yeah. It's um, I think, you know, my, my uh, you know, business transition to CrossFit is very similar to a lot, you know, whether it's a gym owner or somebody that's on the business side, uh, you know, of a brand or, you know, the athlete management or event side. I, um, I, you know, I played sports in university and, and, um, you know, sort of lost my way with, you know, fitness, health and wellness, because I was very competitive in college. And, um, you know, I, I was bored with the Globo gym, you know, repetitively standing on a treadmill or a rower. And, you know, um, you know, so I kind of like fluctuated weight and, you know, been very unhealthy. And I started doing some, um, something called TRX, funny enough. Um, and it became super repetitive too. And it was boring me. Um, and I was losing my way again. And, um, I, it's a really funny story, but I was with, um, some college friends, Tim Hasselbeck. I, I don't know if you remember the name, but he was an NFL oh, yeah. quarterback and Tim and I went to school together. Uh, our wives were roommates in college. Um, and I was at his house, you know, we were just with our kids running around and he was shredded, uh, jumping in the pool. And Tim was at that time retired from the NFL. And I was like, man, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm doing this thing called CrossFit. Um, you know, I, my buddies, you know, some guys that we, you know, played sports with in college um, were all on this leaderboard and we were competing workouts at home. He wasn't in a gym at that at that point yet. Um, and his father, by the way, backstory had a lot to do with CrossFit, which is how he got in it. Don Hasselbeck worked for Reebok and was a catalyst in Reebok getting involved in CrossFit. Don was a tight end in the NFL, won a Super Bowl with the Raiders. Um, and so he, um, just looking at him and knowing I was like, I'm bored stiff. Um, I and a couple of buddies joined a gym in my hometown in Danvers, Massachusetts, uh, which, you know, ironically enough, ended up 
being one of the original affiliates in the world. It was like number 31. Uh, so they had been at it a long time. And um, that was how I started my journey on, you know, on in CrossFit in general. You know, I, um, you know, spent maybe <clears throat> about a year and a half in it was really, you know, professionally bored. Um, you know, I, I know that sounds like a trend, me being bored, <laughs> but it was, you know, doing things that I wasn't passionate about. Um, you know, I had, you know, obviously worked for a phenomenal company and great people, but I was selling insurance, um, you know, and I was really just gouging my eyeballs out, trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And, you know, I always had been entrepreneurial in spirit and mind, but never really had the, the gall stones to step out and do something on my own. And I did, I, I started a brand called Redline. Um, and you know, I, um, and, and you, you, know, were, you just, were Matt Frazier's original sponsor, right? That is how I met Matt. Yeah. I, um, you know, I started that brand as fun while, you know, passion play that, you know, I, I was doing while I still worked that other job. And funny enough, I, you know, at the gym I was at, uh, one of Matt's great friends from, you know, his lifting days was lifting at our gym to stay, um, you know, to train for the world championships. Funny enough, Allie Henry, she finished 16th in the world that year. She lifted at my gym. I knew Matt because I was a huge fan of the sport. You know, I, um, went to regionals in 2013 and was in, immediately as a fan attracted to Matt and just, you know, his swagger and uh, ability and, you know, execution on the floor. He was from Vermont. I was from Boston and I went to the Northeast regional at Reebok that year and watched him compete. Fast forward to when I started Redline, um, I was kind of like, yeah, damn, I, I need to probably sponsor an athlete. And she was like, Hey, I get this buddy, Matt, who's a competitor. I didn't even know she was talking about Matt Fraser at the time. And she was like, Hey, let's go watch him compete. Uh, so the ECC, when it used to be in October, it was October of 13. She's like, Hey, I'm going to go watch him on Sunday. If you want to come. And I watched Matt Fraser compete that day and then met him. Um, and I said, Hey, you know, I'd love to catch up. And we caught up like a week later on a call. And I was like, Hey dude, I, I'd love to sponsor you. And at the time Matt was like, you know, very new to it. Uh, obviously super able and had a ton of potential and, you know, but I don't know sort of what his mindset even was at that point. I think he was just kind of looking at it like, Hey, I'm staying fit. I'm pretty good at this. Maybe I can win a couple of local competitions and make a few bucks. And I was like, Hey, I'd love to sponsor you. And he was like, well, let's do it. You know? <laughs> and, um, that's how my, you know, really my career today started. You know, I met Matt and, um, you know, Matt became, if nothing else, a very close friend very quickly. And, and, um, I had a lot of passion for him as a person. And, um, you know, he started to get a lot of attention leading up to that 14 season. And um, I, I really believed Matt could win the CrossFit Games very quickly. Like, uh, you know, and I would tell him that and he would tell me I was absolutely batshit crazy. But I um, he quickly started to believe it, you know, um, you know, and, and it's, you know, it, it's what you've not, you know, his belief in what, his abilities is what you see. Um, but he bought into it being a career right, right around then and started taking on some sponsors. And, uh, you know, my wife's a lawyer. Um, I'd been in sales my whole life. And, I, you know, he was like, hey, dude, can you help a little bit with this? Like, just take a look at this, you know, supplement deal. And, you know, that's how I became an agent. I, I uh, you know, I said, sure, I'd love that. And, you know, quickly it went from like me protecting him to like, you know, dude, I, I want to do this. Like, let me help you. Um, and. <clears throat> that year, I don't, you know, I don't know if you guys remember sort of uh, sponsorship history, but Nike entered the space. And uh, when Nike entered the space, you know, they were, you know, attracted to, you know, Matt, you know, they, they reached out to him before the games and uh, asked him if he'd like to be a Nike athlete. And, you know, I sort of was involved on that side of it with him at that time. And, you know, we waited till after the games. And, you know, I think one of my pieces of advice at that point was like, hey, this is starting to get really big for you. I want to step away. Like maybe you need to hire an agent. And he was, you know, very confident in me being his, you know, at the time protector. Um, I don't even think we called me his manager or agent at the time. And he's like, nah, you know, I trust you. I'd rather have you do it. And, um, you know, really that moment, as I look back, you know, at my history, with what I'm doing now was very pivotal. Matt trusted me honestly before I deserved it. Um, you know, not that I wasn't trustworthy, but for the role that I was going to play with him, you know, he 
um, gave me the confidence to make mistakes, cut my teeth through his business. And, um, you know, that's allowed me to be, you know, where I am today. You can tell that it's, it's more than just the athlete relationship, athlete agent relationship, I guess, uh, you call it, um, you know, based on like when you guys were in London and how, you know, emotionally involved you were with him competing, even though he didn't really need to win, but just the, you know, how how your reactions to everything he was doing and everything you could tell it's more than just hey i represent this guy oh yeah thank you yeah i think it's um yeah you'll get me emotional like i think he's um he is far more than you know any you know business you know partner or you know we have a you know a relationship in competition where i act as his you know coach in competition it's more than that like i um yeah. I mean, he's my guy. Like he, you know, I told you, you know, just now, like he, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot there. He, he gave me, um, you know, he's given me the opportunity to do what I do today. I truly believe that I will always say that I'm very grateful for that and him. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, you know, as good a friend as I'll ever have in my life. And, uh, you know, it's far deeper and I'm glad people see that. Cause I do, um, I do care deeply about him more than anything as a person. And I'm really proud of that side of him. He's grown a lot and um, we have a lot of fun. You know, I know people get to see a little of that when we travel and through the media that comes out, but it's been a, it's been a really a wild ride. We were, we were reflecting on that in London a little. It's like, you know, he's really good at that. It's like, you know, wow, like look at, look at where this is at. You know, you met, you met me at some, shitty indoor facility in boston competing you know and I'm, I'm competing on a world stage in london in this you know a sold out venue and you know and uh you know it's like just you know crazy how far this thing has come for the sport and him really you know it's so fun right yeah so he was your first uh client as a, as an agent he was yeah he was you know lucky him but <laughs> he, he he uh yeah he you know Again, I don't know what we call it at that time, but like, you know, <laughs> yeah, he gave me the opportunity and quickly it's, um, you know, I think, you know, his experience with, you know, the brands he was associating with and that we were working with to partner with, you know, gave me a platform for, um, you know, people to want to, you know, engage me to work with them, you know, so I, I uh, you know, was able to and lucky enough to get to work with a lot of the big names very quickly. Um, you know, I think um, what's understated is I never really reached out and said, you know, I want to be your agent to anybody. A lot of people saw Matt's success. Um, and Matt was my biggest salesperson. Honestly, he would just tell people, call O'Keefe. Um, you know, I could go down the list, but, you know, um, most people that I work with today um, uh, have come because of, you know, his endorsement suggestion to them, you know, Katra and Tia um you know uh pat fellner you know pat fellner asked matt who you know i need help what do you do you know call o'keefe you know and that's that's pretty big deal if you think about that absolutely you know matt's you know biggest competitors matt's you know steered them to from a business perspective to someone that you know he could be very possessive with mm -hmm. you know and he could say no i don't want you to work with anybody i'm competitive with because essentially you make money you have support from a group like ours, you know, it can help you be better because, you know, you have less to stress about, you know, and, uh, he's been, uh, he's been, you know, an understated catalyst in, on the business side of the space that, you know, I think he should get some credit for. It's yeah, a, it's you, a, Oh, go ahead, Charlie. Yeah. You guys, I, I was just gonna say, it's amazing that you guys kind of took a bet on each other. Um, you know, you signing him as your first red line athlete and then him kind of reversing that to you. So that's, that's incredible. Yeah, it's cool. It's, um, you know, we didn't know what we were doing. Like, you know, everybody can like take a lot of credit that they had these long-term visions, you know, and I think that's really important for anybody starting anything. It's like, yeah, yeah, you need goals, but, um, we just did work, you know, like, and we still today do that. You know, anybody that, you know, is on our team, um, they work, they, you know, tirelessly out of passion and, you know, for execution and experience for anybody involved and trusting anything we do. And it's the same with the athletes. Like, you know, they invested in me, I invested in them and it was never about anything, but like just growing and getting work done and being better on a daily basis. And, uh, 
we we continue to you know live that play that out adopt that um everybody we work with um no matter how big you know matt's a big property but matt has a lot to still do and he believes that you know he wants to continue to grow and you know, that mindset has has uh, been a platform for a lot of cool success and uh you know we're, you know we still and i i can't understate that is have a lot to do um and we believe that and, and, and everybody's bought into that which is what's helping us all continue to grow and what makes this space super, super cool. I think it's a great, it shows a great representation of the CrossFit community as a whole, right? We're always cheering that the last finisher, we're always lifting each other up. And, you know, you guys did that like on a bigger scale, but it's just that representation of community first. Yeah, it is. It's, um, <clears throat> you know, it's interesting because I think, you know, even amidst all the change, you know, I think, you know, the, you know, HQ in, in, in a good way has wanted to, you know, really make sure training was a very separate piece than the competitive side. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, the athletes, you know, people don't really look at their, what they do as um, quote unquote community sometimes because, you know, they're competitive, you know, people that are, you know, you know, individuals, right. There's, you know, there's not a lot of team in one, you know, that has to do it on their own. They all have teams around them, but they are a team in a lot of ways. And I think people need to know that they, um, they work with each other to, to grow. They know that, you know, they all take opportunities on the media side together to, to grow and get each other out there. Um, and, you know, on the business side, you know, they're always, you know, pushing, you know, for people to be more people to be involved in things that they're doing or they might start. So it's, um, that elite group is truly a community. They work really hard together. Yeah, they're competitive as hell, um, you know, you know, which is, you know, something they need to be to be great. But they really do have great relationships and work really well together. Yeah, you can you can see that when, you know, Tia goes to London to just watch Matt and, you know, be there for him, how that how it is really community amongst those athletes. And, you know, you're talking about those uh, two Velner and Fakowski, you know, those you have all these you know, groups of people who are all kind of together and it's crazy. Yeah. You see, you see it like, you know, well, T and Matt have a real special relationship. Um, it's, um, and you saw a lot of that through London, like that's real, you know, mm-hmm. you know, Matt's winning a competition that, you know, even he'd states essentially doesn't mean a lot in the grand scheme of things to his year, but you know, he's testing himself, keeping himself, you know, checking his, himself, but T is there, you know, in tears watching him right. finish the last workout. Cause she's, you know, really with him and sees the blood, sweat and tears every day. Right. And, um, so, you know, there's, uh, that, 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 you know, that's just not Matt, Matt and T like, you know, Matt is going to Pat Vellner's wedding. Like, you know, those two are, would eat each other's esophaguses out <laughs> on the floor, you know, like they're just, but they're friends, you know, and like that stuff, um, Catherine and Annie are best friends. They would step on each other's throat to win. You know, it's like, it's a really cool piece. And I think you're seeing a lot more of this in sport in general. Like, I think it's, um, I'm a golfer. I, I, I study golf and there's been a lot of critique of the new golf, uh, group, you know, Justin Thomas and Jordan speak and Ricky Fowler. They all are friends. You know, they travel together. They go on vacations together. I get it because I watch it on, on our side, the, albeit smaller, but like, I'll tell you, like, you know, it doesn't have to be that you want to kill somebody 24 seven. Um, it's, it's, um, it's really cool because even that on a larger mainstream sports scale, it's necessary, you know, rising tides raise all boats. Like those guys work together to, to, to get better as a group and grow the space. And it's the same with ours, you know, and they're all, you know, friends off the floor. Um, I watch it at the games and, and did at regionals and even now at sanctionals, you know, they're competitive and they have a good way about turning it on and off. You know, even when they're warming up, they're, they're friendly and, you know, and getting along and encouraging each other. And when they're on the floor, they, they go to war. Well, I know you are really busy this week, so I just want to end with one more question for you. And you you kind of mentioned HQ and and the shakeup and all that's happened. Do you think CrossFit's in a better place today than it was before, or do you think we're still working to get back to where we were? I do. I I believe that to my core that we're in a better place. Um, It's... um, you know, I live a lot on the sports side. Um, I think they're doing a really good job with, you know, separating, 
you know, sport and fitness, um, which I think is important. Um, I know it's important to, to coach Glassman and, um, I think it's smart, um, you know, so that more people feel welcome. Um, I think the sport is healthier than it's ever been because it's globalized truly more now. Um, there's more, you know, there's more people expressing it uh, on the competition side. Um, you know, I'm seeing it grow, so I know it's growing. Um, and, uh, you know, you're seeing it, you know, just being expressed in so many different markets by so many different people. I think that really speaks to the, the CrossFit way, which is, you know, anytime, any place, anywhere, uh, anything, you know, it's, um, you know, this is, this is it, you know, uh, you know, Ollie in London expresses it through his competition as a event organizer. You know, we do it with, you know, our events, um, and it, it's not, it doesn't all look the same. It's not formatted. It's not predictable. So I think it's even better now, you know, from that perspective. And I know they believe that as well. CrossFit HQ. It's, um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, change is uncomfortable, but sometimes it's necessary, uh, for growth. And I, I applaud them making this move. Yeah. I mean, some of us that own events are the recipient of something really cool. But it isn't about that. It's about like, you know, if you, you know, you have to look at it and say like, hey, if that thing continued in the format it was in, what did it look like in 10 years? Those guys do a really good job of that because they looked at it and said, I don't know if this is the answer to this being around 60 years from now. They, you know, they're continuing to tweak what is really working really well to get better. Um, and that says a lot about those guys. Um, you know, they're great. They're great partners in in uh, growth, and um, you know I'm excited about what it looks like, and I'm sure there's more change coming in in a good way. You know, I think that that's the only way this thing is going to continue to grow. I mean, I think if people step back and really look at what we're doing, it's not crazy. You know, it's um, crazy because it's different to what we've looked at, what what normal is, and what our system looks like. But, you know, golf is like this. Tennis runs like this. They literally are, you know, running a golf tour or running a tennis tour now. Like, you know, golf uh, is a bunch of independent event owners and operators. Um, and collectively, it's a sport. And the governing body has these really cool checkpoints for the British Open and the U.S. Open and the Masters uh, for these bigger events. But, you know, tennis is the same. So, you know, they're looking at history and sport and they're uh, – taking you know the lead of these other people that have you know made mistakes and made changes and they're 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 looking at it and trying to improve what we're doing you know it's um you know it's funny i you know people you know you know even the team sports that you look at you know the nhl wasn't the nhl you know it's uh it was you know the ahl and there was different formats and it was presented in different ways so was the nfl you know like there's things that change in sport but one thing remains is people love it. People want to do it and people want to watch it. And we're going to continue um, to do our piece and our part uh, and partner with CrossFit and, and, and help grow. Um, and we, we have a lot of confidence in them and where they're going. Yeah, I agree. I think I, I love where we are as, as a sport. Um, it gives me more weekends a year to watch it. Um, so I'm happy about that. And I think it's healthier and you're right. It's globally now. It's more, it's more global now than it's ever been. Uh, so thank you very much for yeah, taking well, think, think, think about that just quickly. Like, you know, Matt Fraser competed every year in Boston and uh, Carson, you know, or Madison, you know, now Matt Fraser's competed in Dubai, uh, London, you know, he's running around, bouncing around, looking at, you know, going to Wadapalooza and other events and, Tia Claire Toomey's, you know, they're competing at Rogue in Columbus. Before they, 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 they were like, you know, if you wanted to see Matt or Tia compete, Tia, you had to go to Australia or the games, you know. Now they, these people are coming to you a little bit, you know, yeah. um, and they're really intent on that. They're buying into that. They see uh, not only do they want to experience it, um, they feel a responsibility too. You know, they're getting out there and, and tapping different markets, not only for what they're doing, but for the for for, for the, the growth of the sport. Yeah, I know. Last year at Rogue, uh, a big group of us from our gym went down, and we hung out the whole day and got to see the best of the best right here in Columbus. Didn't even have to travel, so it was awesome. It is. It is. That's um, and that's the fun part. Like I think, 
you know, you're seeing it. Matt went to London, you know, uh, Matt doesn't have to go to London. Matt did that for all the right reasons, you know, um, you know, it, that's great for the sport. Uh, it's great for another event. Um, you know, he got to be in a different market and experience that on his own. Um, it's, uh, it's something, you know, we're going to continue to see more and more of, you know, there's, uh, athletes competing at, you know, in big name athletes all over the world this year. And it's, um, I think it's really exciting. And that's, that's really where you see this new model working really well is that, you know, the globe is getting to touch and feel these guys and it's really fun. Yeah. Well, we want to thank you very much for taking time out of your busy week. Uh, good luck with Wadapalooza next week. Uh, maybe I'll see you at the Arnold, uh, and meet you in person for the first time. That'd be awesome. Uh, but thank you. That. But thank you again for taking some time out to to spend with us. I love the stories, and I'm so glad you you did that for us. So thank you. Thank you guys for having me. I look forward to meeting you. I'll be at the Arnold for a few days with those guys. Uh, we'll be at the Road Booth. Uh, I can't wait. It's one of my uh, favorite weekends of the year. So make sure you come over and say hello. Thanks right. for having me. Okay, Matt. We'll talk to you later. All right. Great. Thanks. Bye. So that was so cool for the Chief O'Keefe to uh, take out some time of his busy schedule at Wadapalooza to do that interview with us. Um, and I, I'm so sad that you weren't able to be there. I was because, too. Because it was really cool that he uh, did that. Um, but Charlie and I had a good time. And, um, you know, I think that, that's big things. And uh, I'm excited to see where, where we go. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I can't wait. So... Um, that's kind of a little Wadapalooza update. And this week we're going to release a couple more interviews um, of people that are going to Wadapalooza. Uh, and there's actually a chance that uh, one of our guests, that which we're releasing later this week, uh, is going to try to wrangle us up some guests live from Wadapalooza. So um, we'll, hopefully that happens and we can get you some live reports from Miami. But that is next weekend. We just finished up another sanctional this weekend. And so that was the Norwegian CrossFit Championship. And that was beautiful. It was. It was beautiful. Um, it started with that uh, two-mile run in the snow. That was pretty intense watching them uh, cross the finish line when I was watching some of the teams kind of cross cross that finish line. Uh, it was an 800-meter run uphill. Yeah. Then it kind of leveled off for a while, and then they had to run alongside the mountain with a gradual grade uphill and finished with just – coming downhill with everything they had to the finish line. And and I'm going to say as being a runner, um, and I've never done hills quite like that, but I will tell you that running downhill is way harder on your knees um, and way harder to do than to run uphill. As a Clydesdale, I would disagree because <laughs> gravity is a great thing when you're big. Um, I always enjoyed the downhill and I just let her rip. Yeah, see, I mean, I, you can enjoy it because you're going fast and it, you know, wee, you know, but uh, the problem is. <laughs> How did you know that's what I said coming down the hill? Because I, I, I could just picture it. I could just picture it like, wee, I'm almost done. Um, yeah, I just feel like it puts a lot of stress on those those uh, knee joints, though. So yeah, It probably did, and I just didn't realize it. Because <laughs> you were having too much fun. So, I was yeah. saying, wee. Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> so, um and it ended with a, like, Fran on steroids. <laughs> but uh, which, by the way, we just did Fran this week, and I am still having flashbacks from Fran about how she made me feel. So. Yeah, well, this version was 21 um, pull-ups. So it was 21 thrusters, 21 pull-ups, two, two rounds, then 15 chest-to-bar with the thruster, right. two rounds. right. Then nine with a heavier thruster and bar muscle-ups. Yeah. Two no, rounds. No, thank you. No, thanks. Uh, and so I actually, uh, this morning, before I went to church, watched the women finish. And it was a really tight race uh, going into that to who got the bid for the games. And uh, it was between Sana Valenin. Uh, and here we go again. Here's my Theophanides coming back to, to get me. Uh Venalaninen. Venalaninen. Yeah. Sem, Senna, Sema? Sana. Sana Venalaninen. And uh, Jacqueline Dolstrom were going for uh, the bid for the games. Uh, the top two with Gabriela Magala and Andrea Solberg 
they were uh, locked into their kind of their positions. Um, but yeah, had a pretty solid showing this whole. It ended up. It started with uh, Sana Venelanen having a twenty-seven point lead going into the finals for the bid, and she did not move very quickly through that uh, steroided Fran. Right. Uh, Jacqueline Dolstrom was actually going toe to toe with Andrea Bo- Sober uh, to see who was going to win the event outright. Um, and it finished with less than a second difference between Solbert and Dolstrom. Wow. But Solbert edging her out. Um, and it ended up where Dolstrom did not get the bid by seven points. Yes. So close. So um, Sana Venelanen got the bid and she will be uh, moving on to the CrossFit Games. That's right. And then on the men's side, we had Griffin. Of course, you're going to take the men who are much easier to pronounce. I'm going to do my best. (laughs) (laughs) We've got Griffin Roel, um, who punched his ticket. He took first place in the Norwegian CrossFit Championship and um, earned his ticket to the Games. Then we had, uh, and second, Josh Woodhall and Victor Lingsved. Is that right? Lings, Lings, one, one tough name. I had three. <laughs> oh, but how about the team? Uh, do you want the teams? Would that be easier for you to pronounce them? Yeah, I can probably do the program one. Yes, the program. Uh, and they actually finished either second or third at the Filthy 150 um, and missed out on their bid there, but then punched the ticket here at the Norwegian CrossFit Championships by, um, by winning the event. And followed up by the athlete program. They always seem to compete in the same right. events. Right. It's so confusing. And There's it's so the confusing. program, the athlete program, and in third. Team Finland. Team Finland. Uh, but it was not even re- not even close between first and second and then third. The, the program and the athlete program kind of stood head and shoulders above everybody else yeah. over the weekend. Um, I will say, you know, the stream was done by the morning chalk up. Um, I saw our girl, Nikki brazier out there with her her. camera yeah on the floor doing close-up work um and doing sideline reporting at the same time so that was pretty cool um i think the feed looked good after they fixed some of the technical issues day one where the lead mics weren't staying on if they went to the close-up camera but they Mm -hmm. got that kind of ironed out by day two um and i think the feed looked good um the early heats the way that it was announced was a little rough. Yeah, I would just, I just found it boring. I mean, and, and I know that that's kind of how it is. Same like when there was regionals, you know, they, they bring all the um, excitement to the, the final heat or to the big heat with the big names. And that just tends to be more exciting. But I just, you know, found myself getting bored yeah. watching them because of that. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed the individual competitions this weekend. The mm-hmm. team was really kind of hard to follow um, and not knowing the names very well. Yeah. Uh, it was hard to know who was who. Uh, but even the individuals was, was not bad uh, in the, in the upper, in the upper heats. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was very watchable. I enjoyed some of the events, um, but yeah, it, it's done and we have some new uh, qualifiers for the games and that's fun. And I'm not going to try to pronounce their name again. Okay. That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, training week, uh, we, we want to talk about that. However, we are putting episodes together a little faster than we have been. So it hasn't even been a full training week uh, since we talked last. So, but what's going on with your training? Well, like I said, we had Fran on Friday night. So, uh, that was Valentine's day. And I thought, well, this is a dirty present to have (laughs) for Valentine's day. But, um, I, I knocked out Fran Friday night, um, was wasn't too uh, disappointed in my score. My I was five seconds away from my lifetime PR, so um, that is actually pretty cool. Yeah, that made me feel like you know, the last time we did it was uh, especially this, as a masters athlete. Definitely as a masters athlete. <laughs> um, the the last time we did it was uh, our July first, and I on my notes on beyond the whiteboard, I had written um, you know ninety three degrees, and it just was awful so it you know my PR score looks like I had a big PR from then but um, as far as my lifetime I was about um, yeah just five seconds off so glad that was over and then I came in today for some open gym and I knocked out um, some of my front squat cycle and my back squat cycle so my legs are going to be feeling about a thousand pounds here later tonight so 
great. Oh, but yesterday, uh, yesterday it was so nice out. Well, not as nice as today, but the temperature wise, I would say was around 40 degrees. And so I actually had to work yesterday. And when I got home, I grabbed the Murph and then we went uh, for a run uh, over at our local uh, park. So we got some five miles in and um, it was nice to just be out in the fresh air and getting um, some vitamin D. So that was that was my training weekend. Well, cool. Um, my training week, nutrition-wise, from the last time we spoke, uh, I had a planned cheat meal for uh, Valentine's Day. Uh, took the wife out, and we, we did it up well. Good for you. Um, and then got right back on immediately following that. And, um, it's cool. Cause I'm in that, I'm in that zone where like, I'm not really craving anything anymore. Yeah. It's not even, it's not even a thing. Yeah. Um, I'm sure I'm going to have some tough times coming up, but right now I'm just kind of in that groove. But what I really want to talk about is last time we talked, I had just completed, uh, the triple three. Yeah. And I, I felt accomplished and giddy the night that we spoke last time. Cause I did it that day yeah. like right before we, we went on the air. Um, I didn't realize what it had done for me and it really, um, knocked down a big hurdle for me. Um, I have been injured for two and a half years mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. Um, and I probably lost a lot of confidence over the, not probably, I lost a lot of confidence over those two and a half years. Um, and probably lost a lot of myself. You sure? Um, so I came into the, I did I missed Fran because that was Valentine's but Day. Did you really miss her? I, I did not miss her <laughs> one bit. I bet. Uh, but I took a rest day after the triple three. Sure. And I went into the gym uh, Saturday morning where we did a team workout of three, um, and it was uh, four minutes as many calories as you could go. Uh, three minutes as on the min- bike or rower. Uh, I did the bike. Okay. Uh, my teammates did the row. Okay. Um, it was supposed to be the rower, but with the cast, I just can't get my ankles in there. Yeah. Uh, like I need to. Um, and then it was burpees for three minutes and deadlifts for two. Whoa. Yeah. So, because of this confidence boost, I went ham on the bike. Um, every round to see if I could hold on yeah. for the other two things that we had going on. And for the first time in two and a half years, I was able to keep up. That's awesome. Um, there were times where I said to myself, I, I'm so tired. I can't lift that the deadlift. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did sets of five okay. at two and a quarter, which was the prescribed weight. Yeah. Um, so if I'm doing two sets of five, I was definitely yeah. was able to do it. Right. Um, but yeah, the only thing I would say that was, even remotely, even an issue was my, my grip was, yeah, it was tough holding on because I ended up doing 62 deadlifts at two and a quarter for okay. the, for the workout. And how do your hamstrings feel today? They feel pretty good. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually feeling really, really good and, um, and really confident. I would say my traps hurt. Okay. So I don't know why, probably pushing on the, the, uh, the handles of the assault bike. Yeah. I mean, I relate because my traps are always sore. <laughs> Because they're huge. Because they are. I mean, I must activate them constantly. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, I'm really happy with that. I'm excited to see where we're going uh, with my journey. You know, I just wanted to... That's. I love that. That's a fantastic story. Um, I just wanted to add something else that you made me think about Valentine's Day because you brought up that you took your wife out. Well, um, did you hear the story about what my husband did? I, I did. Well, for these listeners, they should know. <laughs> So I came home, um, I had worked, yeah, I, I worked, uh, my husband took the day off. I came home and there was, um, some red tulips in a vase on the kitchen table and I came home. Oh, you know, that was so lovely. And in front of it was a rogue bag. And, you know, when I first got home, I had all of, all of my, um, lunch bag, my purse, my laptop bag. And so I, I put everything down and, and I exchanged cards um, with Scott. And then, um, I go and I look at the bag and there was nothing in the bag, Scott. That was. And the reason why we had a bag was because our son had gone to rogue with his football buddies and bought a t-shirt and Scott thought it would just be funny to place the bag right in front of the roses, just as a nice 
striptease. And did, did you find it funny? I, I didn't actually. And, and one <laughs> of our uh, friends uh, said to me, they're like, yeah, Valentine's Day and April Fool's Day are not a good mix. And, N- and no, I have to agree. So that's just a funny so story. The, the celebration of Valentine's Day ended abruptly. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I was like, OK, well, see ya. no we had fun we made um actually we made my homemade pasta recipe that i learned in italy oh so we did that that was our dinner we made pasta so nice yes well so let's finish up with the best thing we saw on the internet okay here it comes here it comes (gasps) mine was the buttery bros winning the tribal clash and so scott let me ask you this question what is the tribal clash? Well, uh, it appears to be fun and frolicking in the sand in Australia because all of your things you love are from Australia. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Um, and then uh, if you even read that, did you see who took the second place team? I, I heard a rumor. It, it's my boy Con. My boy Con won second place. So, but I just thought it was hilarious. So, uh, just watching the buttery bros and you can i can't wait till they roll out their um episode of it so we can see more of it but just looking at their uh instagram and showing just a little bit of feed about it looks looks hilarious it does and marston was uh wearing his champion shirt around <laughs> yes. uh, at, at all the celebration <laughs> events afterwards so yeah he, he's pretty proud of that championship that's pretty awesome so and what about yours what was yours so my favorite thing was um as I was watching Team Richie live from uh, the Norwegian CrossFit Championship, yes. he uh, filmed um, Tommy Marquez and Justin LaFranco doing the beefed up version of Acid Bath. Mm-hmm. While Tommy was wearing jeans? Uh, he was not for this. Okay. He was wearing shorts. Okay. Uh, this was, they, they had to bike. No, they had to row, bike, ski, erg, bike, Ugh. row, bike, ski, erg, bike. No, thanks. Um, so it was like a double acid bath-ish. Uh, and when they came off the bike at the end of that, stumbling down the uh, the lane to get to the finish, none of them even went up onto the platform. They just got to the platform and <laughs> laid down. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, and so that just made me laugh. And... As someone who has done acid bath just for fun to see what that was like, uh, yeah, all of that All hurts. of it. Oh, my and goodness. I can't even imagine the double version no. of that. But So that was my favorite thing from the internet. And with that, we have concluded another episode. Yeah. So till next time, this is the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends. And just Amy. <laughs> Bye. Bye. See you next week. Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends. We are available on all major podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Please, if you liked what you just heard, hit that subscribe button and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends.